Welcome to Sonic's Flight, the podcast devoted to all things Sonics. Sonic's Flight is a monthly podcast discussing current events, news, and topics of interest to the Sonics community. We aim to entertain and educate builders and pilots of Sonics aircraft designs, inspiring them to complete and operate their aircraft safely and efficiently. Welcome to the Sonics Flight Podcast. This is episode number 76, Selling Your Sonics. Every builder is going to get to the point where it's time to move on to the next adventure, the next project, to recoup the money out of the plane, or you're just looking for something with a different mission and it's time to to retool the fleet. We're all going to get there eventually, and there's some things that we need to be thinking about and how we go through the process of selling our projects, our flying airplanes. So joining me tonight, we're going to pull this thread, or my two good flying buddies, John Gillis and Gary Motley, and back for a special appearance, Mike Needenthal, who's going to give us the inside track on having gone through this himself, selling his recent Sonics. So, Gary, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing pretty well for an old geezer, you know, getting ready to have another birthday here in a couple of days. I'm still alive and kicking, so that's always a plus, I guess. I I didn't think the uh, Gentleman's Club were back open for birthday parties again. Um, Well, you know, for for special occasions such is mine. I have a tendency to have doors open for me. So, well, that's good. Uh, I would say, and, and a six foot beer bong, a six foot beer bong is keeping social distance. Very true. Very true. Well, that's that, that's true, and I, I'm, I'm I can cope with that. Well, you know, they say that you got to do what you love if you're going to live a long and full life. And so, Gary, whatever you're doing, I say keep it up. Well, you know, the, the motto is, the goal is to die young as late as possible. Right. <laughs> I know you don't have a faintest idea what I'm talking about, but go ahead. Well, no, it, it, I, I uh, get it. You want, to, you want to be young at heart, young of spirit, and you want to do that as far into the future as you possibly can. So you want to be an old, decrepit geezer that yeah. thinks he's a six-year-old yeah. I Jeff, Jeff, keep in mind, Gary is ten or fifteen years here. older than all of us. So, yeah, Jeff knows. Jeff knows. We had that discussion last time I was out there uh, sleeping <laughs> on his. his boat yeah, you know, speaking. John, um, right. I, I would be okay with all that, except every time I come and visit Gary, he's like, "Come on, what are you doing? It's not time to sit down. We got to hit this place. We got more beers to drink, you know. And you want to go to sleep already?" And I'm like, "Gary, I can't keep up. Let me rest." <laughs> Well, he burns his candle at both ends <laughs> and bright. They're bright, very bright. <laughs> well, good. Happy birthday, Gary. I'm sure it'll be um, a time well spent uh, celebrating. Yeah, I hope to get a morning flight in just to start the day off right. Good. John, what are you up to? Well, we're. Uh, I've been uh, ignoring my Sonics. I actually got it out for 15 minutes last weekend. Because the fire department wanted me to to bring it over to the, uh, we had an air park um, get together with the fire department to kind of show experimental aircraft. And, you know, this is, these are all the the differences with uh, certified aircraft on where you shut off the fuel, where you turn off the mags and all this. So I did actually get my airplane out and did a couple of low passes and it was kind of fun. Um, and showed the 
the uh, the fire department that yeah if if I am still alive when I crumble up in that little ball these are the things that you need to look at look at so that was fun other than that I've been uh, heavily it, it's the end of our soaring season um, I live at an air park that hosts a uh, a uh, glider club. And I purchased a 15-meter competition glider, and I have been flying the snot out of it. Um, I got my gold badge uh, two weeks ago, which means that I went 300 kilometers declared at a declarer course, um, five hours in the air, and a uh, 3,000-meter increase in altitude. So... Kind of a big deal, especially when we're at this altitude. I had to actually drop down to 7,600 feet and then climb to 18,000 to get that last piece. So kind of proud of that. Yeah, congratulations. Long day. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, burned through my entire oxygen bottle and my battery <laughs> on board to, uh, to get that. But, yeah, it's been certified, and I'm actually on the SSA – website as a gold badge recipient i'll have to look i'll have to look at my next magazine and make sure you're in there yeah i yeah. well they said november is when they're going to put it right. in. right so i get I, i'm a member so i get the i get the magazine so. cool <laughs> all right john so uh, i'm going to ask you this straight up straight up tell me like it is is it random chance right place right time right conditions that that gets you there is it the machine that sets you up for success, or is it the intrepid skills of the aviator that gets it done regardless? It's absolutely all three, um, because what it takes is you have to have the right day, a day that's producing enough lift. You have to have the right machine that'll get you there, because you can't do this in a in a trainer uh, Schweitzer 233, because it just doesn't go fast enough. And you have to have enough skill to say, okay, I'm going to go to that next cloud or no, I'm going to back off. It took me basically three attempts to get into the mountains of Colorado from my air park. I spent an hour going back and forth before I finally connected with the uh, the mountains of uh, the front range. And at that point, I, I climbed immediately to, to 17.5 and I never got below that. And I was screaming along, trying to keep out of the Alpha airspace that whole time because of the lift. So it was all three. And that's what I really love about this aspect of aviation is it's very cerebral. And it's it's very much, you got to look ahead and you got to make decisions. And then you have to have all these bailout positions. And you get 150 miles away from your home airport, you don't have glide path back. And you're looking at alternate airports to, that you can land at. Well, good, good. I uh, I'm tempted to make a joke yeah. about the lesser of the three, but I'm just going to leave it at that. I think that's a really good yeah. summary. I'm sitting here biting my tongue, <laughs> Jeff. I'm just I'm cringing, wanting to jump in here, but I was going to give him some slack because it's a pretty oh. good deal. I'm proud of you, John. That's right. You know that means a lot to me, Gary, because. You don't give pride or you don't give praise much, um, <laughs> especially when I'm flying your airplane. You basically are pretty 
you're pretty tough. I'll give you the benefit of the day, buddy. I appreciate it. No, that was a highlight of my season um, was to get that because I really kind of pushed my envelope. And, uh, I'm, I, you know, the, the, the hook has been set. Now I'm looking at uh, the next uh, phase of this, which is probably a $200,000 glider. So that can go even further. And uh, that's not a good thing from the pocketbooks standpoint. Yeah, well, you know, you're going to have to set your sights big for next season. You know, you already did it at Antarctica. You know, that's that's kind of hard to top right there. And then you jump in and go get your gold badge. And I don't know, uh, maybe it'll be uh, something completely unrelated. Well, well, Diamond's the next one, which is 5,000 meters. And I think I have to go to California into the wave to get up to 30,000 feet to get my Diamond oh, badge. Over there by uh, Carson City. Yeah. Yeah, my yeah, that's where they do that one. So. Nevada. Yeah, we used to do it here in Colorado, but we lost our wave window. They do that. They have that restricted area just south of there. Yeah, so Reno. All right, good deal. Well, Mike, uh, how's it going with you? What are you up to? Good, good. Well, you know, I'm just uh, I'm the I'm the airplane seller, so recent seller, so I just sold my airplane and. Had to deliver it across the country, and uh, so other than that, I uh, spent time back there with family and came back, and I'm just kind of hanging out, trying to get my uh, hangar organized for my next little toy. Yeah. Okay. Well, the so. the cat's out of the bag. The plane is sold, and you said you delivered it. So That's right. let's start with that. Right. So tell us about your delivery adventure, getting it to its new owner. Uh. Well, you know, I had to. I was working, I'm working too, of course, you know, and then I have to kind of watch for a weather window. Well, I thought I had a decent weather window, like around that weekend of the 12th, 13th, 14th, I guess, in that time range, or 11th, maybe, I think it was. So, uh, you know, the first day was pretty uneventful. Uh, I was going to try to make it all the way to, believe it or not, I was going to try to make it to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and hang out with Frank and, and the boys, and uh but it was, uh, I ran into the back of the weather system, so that didn't work. But I had to land, you know, the problem is we have to land, so I landed at, uh, got off early in the morning and landed at uh, uh, Gallup, New Mexico, and then Dalhart, Texas, where, you know, you've been to, John, a couple times. And uh, that's a nice place. And uh, then, then I was going to uh, not get in to where I wanted to get into, and plus I was running into some lower overcast, so I just... We all know why you were go- trying to go to Fayetteville. Like. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I was really trying. I was. I guess the reason is I was. I figured if I got that far, then that would have been like almost two thirds of my flight, my trip. And I thought, well, I can do it two days. Well, you know, it kind of didn't go that way. So I popped into Enid, Oklahoma, just the uh, airport just east of Vance, where uh, Vance Air Force Base, which. Uh, and then it got, you know, I got fogged in the next day till about like 11 o'clock in the morning. And then I flew kind of over like, a, you know, a couple hundred miles of undercast, which is probably not a good thing. But it was VFR on the other side. And then uh, I popped into, uh, I had to zigzag around some weather and I ended up in uh, Frankfort, Kentucky. So I had to spend another night in Frankfort, Kentucky. And then. The next day, I couldn't leave till about five thirty in the afternoon, 
because of there was the weather between me and where I was going, which is uh, a little airport just outside of Morgantown, West Virginia. And uh, so I tried to get into there and I couldn't get there. It was like uh, overcast kept going down, down, down. And I thought this is crazy. So I, I passed Parkersburg, West Virginia, about 30 miles back. So I spun around and went back there and had to spend another night, which is like now Sunday night. I left Friday morning. And then uh, Monday morning, I got in to the, uh, the, the airport where I, I was picking a, the, the buyer. And uh, he was all happy. And his brother came out, and they all checked, they checked everything out and saw what they'd like. And then I took him for about a 30, 40-minute ride, and he was all sold. And, and uh, by the end of the day, I was at my daughter's house <laughs> up, up near Pittsburgh. So, uh, but I mean, so I Mike, kinda like, he didn't. It's kind of like, a, go ahead. No, well, I was just saying yeah. you you brought that all the way to West Virginia without him ever coming out to look at the airplane. Correct. So he bought it sight on scene. He did. I mean, I sent him. Uh, he wanted to know a lot of information, uh, and I tried to give him as much as I could. And I also sent him. I mean, I must have sent him a hundred pictures of different angles of everything. Um, every angle I could come up with to give him, uh, you know, kind of a, with the cowling on, cowling off, uh, those kinds of pictures where he could kind of get a gist of, of what was, get a good feel of what was all about. And of course, you know, he knows, he listens to me on here. I think he's, but he must have, he's been to Sonics. He was kind of, uh, he's been to Oshkosh a couple of times. He's been to the booth. He's sat in the airplane. He sat in the B model, uh, so he was well versed and in, in, in knew what he was looking for. So uh, I was about ready to give up, and this guy came out of the blue at the end of my barnstormer run there. So the second time around, and he just kind of came out of the blue and said, "Hey, I want to. I want no more. No more about your airplane." So I did whatever I could to do it, and. You know, he had money up front, so I said, "Well, I'll I'll bring it to you if you give me some, you know, some money up front." So that's what we did. So, how long was it on Barnstormer? You know, I think I put it on there for like uh, like in July, and it went off in August, and I think I put it on like the latter, like the middle of August, maybe again, and then and then uh, before the end of the next thirty days, he bought it. So. Yeah. Uh, so it was on like two months, my, or a little less than two months. Mike, uh, on the uh, the financial part of it, so did he give you a deposit, or yes. did you just okay? And and how was that transferred? Just with a bank account or a check, uh, actually, or did he send you a big bag of money like Carl does? He sent me a big bag of money like Carl does. No, <laughs> no, he uh, he sent me a cashier's check. And because uh, we were kind of deciding how to do that, and then I felt pretty comfortable with the cashier's check, so he actually overnighted the cashier's check to me, and uh, and then we just basically I was trying to find a weather window at that point in time, you know. And, and then and what I, percentage showed, of the price of the deposit was that? Oh, the deposit. I mean, it was like I don't know, five ten percent. Yeah, I'd say ten. Okay. 10%. I mean, I probably should have, you know, I, some guys told me to get more, but he seemed, he seemed pretty okay with, with it. You know I mean? He seemed like a decent guy and, and, you know, and maybe 
you know, in another situation, it might not have worked as well as it did, but he was, everything went fine. And, and, uh, I got the other, I got the other money. There was no haggling on the other end. And I got what I, what I well, planned on okay. getting. So on the other end, how did that transaction go? Did he come out with a big bag of money with a dollar sign on the he end? Did. On the he did. He did the same thing. Yeah. He threw that in the back of his car. <laughs> no, he had, a, he, had a, he had a cashier's check waiting for me after we... Uh, okay. Basically, we did all the... Checked it over, flew it, and I went straight to his home. Uh, I had the, the EAA... I, I downloaded the liability form from the EAA, uh, and I had his wife actually signed it. And, uh, and he signed it. And so we did that. And of course, then through my insurance company, you know, uh, I, you get a year's worth of, uh, personal liability or from them. So, because I've probably <clears throat> paid for that over the course of the somebody's phone, huh? Anyhow, uh, other than that, yeah, so it worked out well. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious about the the mechanics of the transaction um, and what is standard or what is okay. I, that's yeah. one situation. I know Carl Benda has been buying yeah. airplanes like a right. you know a, a drunken sailor, <clears throat> and he basically will do a cash deal or a cashier's check thing. Yeah, well, we did a cashier's check, and then basically we sat at his kitchen table and we we uh, we filled out all the uh, we filled out uh, three, uh, you know, you're supposed to send like uh, two bill of sales to the FAA. And then I had the third one. And then we had the, and then he took my, uh, my uh, registration and I, we filled that in the back of that out. And so he sends those in together. And then there's another form that he, he filled out for a registration. Also, there's like three things that he had to fill out. And basically I took was a copy of the, of the uh, sale, you know, the, the uh, one copy of the EAA liability thing, and then the, also the uh, one copy of the bill of sale. And uh, Gary, how does that and a check? How does that align with the way you <clears throat> sold your Sonics? Uh, guys, keep talking for just a second. I'll be right back with you. Oh, okay, who's going to be back? Be back. You know, um, I. I'm really interested in the, in the mechanics of this transaction because it's one of those things that um, I think is a little bit vague, and there's no real good guidance on how do you well, protect yourself, how do you, how does the buyer protect himself, and you're dealing with a transaction across the entire country, yeah, with a lot of effort. You you flew that Sonics all the way across to from Las Vegas to West Virginia. Right. And, yeah. you know, what's your protection? That the guy's just not going to be a flake and show up and go, well, yeah, well, we, well we did. We kind of, we worked up before we, I even left here. Okay. We kind of had an agreement of how this was going to go. And if it didn't work out, that I would basically recoup all my uh, expenses. Uh, you know. Via a gentleman's had, agreement. If I had yes, if I had to fly back, I was gonna have I was gonna have no expense. He was gonna pay for the expenses, or if he pulled out of the plug, if he pulled the deal, then he was gonna forfeit his deposit. You know. <laughs> also, we kind of had different scenarios that when we kind of put him in an agreement, and we kind of like both had a copy of it, and that's 
it didn't come to pass. Everything went as published, but we did have an agreement ahead of time for that far. Okay. For that reason, just if you're going that far. I mean, if I, well, was selling, great. if I was selling it across the street, it wouldn't be as big a deal, you know. Uh, you're selling to, that, a, to an account, you know, uh, someone you know, I understand, or, or right. someone, someone that you know that knows somebody. So Exactly, yeah. So this guy's like, and he ends up being an upstanding guy. and, and uh, he's Well, he like got a, a great plane. I love he's your, one of your, I love he's your one plane. Of your, he's, one of your, he's one of your brothers because he's like an IT uh yeah, us IT guy. guys are jackals. We you know we will we'll tear each other apart. So, well, but he's but he's he's uh, he's he's like your he's in the he's in your brotherhood. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so no, he was he was very nice, very nice. Gary, are you so, back? I'm sorry. I'm kind of taking this podcast from uh, Jeff, but. Uh, Gary, w- did you have the similar situation when you sold your Sonics? I know the guy you sold it to because I gave him uh, an introductory yeah, I met, flight. Well, we met up. Yeah, we both met him. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I was actually pretty lucky um, when I when I first listed in Barnstormer, there was a local gentleman up in Fort Collins, which for me uh, is only about a forty-five minute car ride, not very far. And he had expressed some interest to it and, you know, came down, took a quick look at it and said, yes, he wanted it. <clears throat> so it was a pretty quick and relatively painless deal, probably two weeks worth of uh, barnstormer time at best. Um, the good the good part for me was, you know, I was, as you guys know, I was building another aircraft. And that was the reason I sold it, because I needed a hangar space to actually mate the big pieces onto the fuselage. And so I had to, you know, make a choice, and I was trying to keep my Sonics, and I was looking around some of the local areas for tie-down, and I was adding up all the costs and logistics and decided, well, it probably would be better if I just went in and sold it and, and used the cash to, to complete the project that I was currently working on. That's, so we that's sold. kind of where I'm at, yeah. Uh, we did basically the same thing. I kind of used the, the guideline, the template from the EAA um, builders. Uh, right. Know, Agreement. I uh, didn't have to have the wife sign because, unfortunately, you know, he, he he did not have a wife, so that was a fairly simplistic uh, operation that way. We stayed in touch quite a bit. You know, I helped him with his annuals there for a couple years, and uh, the good part is I got to fly it every once in a while to kind of feed my itches. You know, I was completing my product, so it was kind of nice for both of us. And he was very much like me. He, he flew the dog crap out of that plane. I mean, he put hundreds and hundreds of hours on it. He, he had he had some YouTubes on it, like you did, Gary. Yeah, he, he was quiet. He had some YouTubes up there. So, so uh, he finally decided that he really wanted a uh, a, a, a a realistic two place aircraft uh, in our area because of our high density altitude. As I right. sold it, I expressed to him that it was really just a single person aircraft at this density altitude with the Aero V. And he fully accepted that. Uh, but, you know, he decided he really wanted to have a two-place to be able to take somebody. And so he eventually sold it as he bought a, uh, a brand-new uh, special light sport aircraft from uh, Czechoslovakia. So where did it end up going, you know? Or it went uh, back it east? Was, uh, down in, I believe. El Paso, was, I thought. Uh, no, not El Paso. Uh, Somewhere lower, a little bit lower altitude, though. 
Yeah, down you know South New Mexico area. I, I forget the exact okay. spot. But he called me oh. once to a couple of questions about maintenance issues and yeah. and look for and what my some of my special quirks were with this particular engine and setup because mine was a hybrid between two different companies between um, mm-hmm. uh, um, Aeroviz and uh, Great Plains uh, system. Gary, do you have any kind of a longing to kind of keep in touch with where that plane is? Not necessarily the owner, but I kind of know where it is. Both the planes. I've had two previous planes that I actually owned. I had a mall, as we've talked about before, uh, that sold quite a few years ago. And boy, I kind of wish I had that thing back as well. But yeah, you always get interested in where they're at. Uh, when I had a, a 172 that I, I didn't own, but I had sole key and basically sole possession of it for quite a few years in South Florida. Uh, you know, many years later, kind of Googled and find out where that registration number was. And apparently it, it ended up in Germany. <laughs> so wow. You never know where some of our aircraft and some of our, our projects and pride and joys end up going. So, guys, I want to throw a question out there. How do you know when it's time to sell? I know on one level, it's kind of like, well, when the time's right, you kind of know it. But what goes through your mind when you're thinking, maybe it's time to to move on? Well, with with me, it was just, uh, you know, I guess uh, when I did the move back out here, uh, I was kind of out here in left field. Uh, I was kind of in between the Cessnas and the RV guys and speed. So it was it really, I really didn't have a, a kind of a anybody to really fly with me, so to speak. Uh, we'd, I'd have to just be, you know, leave early or leave late to meet people to like for breakfast things and all those kinds of things. So it was more of the social side of it, I think, for me. And I could, I just was out here, I'm, you know, I'm four or 500 miles from, you know, I'm a few hundred miles from the West Coast and I'm, you know, 400 miles from you guys, John. You, you know, back there and stuff, Colorado. So it was just kind of like, you know, I was just kind of like looking for something faster if I do anything, you know, and I'm just looking for, I need to get me out of this area quicker, so to speak. And then uh, with a little bit more wing or a little bit more uh, range, fuel range. So that's kind of what, where I kind of came to where, I'm like, you know, this is like, and plus it's so hot here and stuff. And you had to get down there really, really early in the summertime. And, and so I was just kind of got, that's where it, I just, you know, it was one of those gradual step down deals where, you know what, I'm thinking when I need to, somebody needs to, somebody needs to enjoy this airplane. And so I can, and I don't have the hangar space to be able to have two. So, and you can't leave them outside here because it'll you know, so, it's not good. Mike, what's the dream plane? The dream plane is uh, Gary will laugh at me. It's just the opposite of Gary. It's a uh, it's an old school Q two hundred quickie. Yeah. How do you like that, Gary? <laughs> well, that was the rumor that I heard. Yes. Yeah. So anyhow, so yeah, it's it's uh, I've, I've hooked up with a bunch of the guys that there's uh, some some more, you know engineers crazy people so you're you're going canard on us i'm going canard i probably can't even land at your airport now either so that 
this is a whole new mission. It's yeah, like that's it's not a bad throwing, thing. It's it's <laughs> thrown me out of the grass runway thing. I'll have to go with Carl in the in the in the the PA twelve. Well, you can fly the Q the Q over to uh, Metal Lake. Yeah, I think you can land it there. Oh yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. You know, grab his Bonanza or his Baron or whatever. I don't know There's all the planes he has, but you, you can, can grab one PA, of those. Then he have a P eighteen or twelve or something. He's got that. No, he's got a super, P yeah, a super cub fourteen. Whatever it is, yeah, super cub, whatever that thing is. So I'll jump in that and fly up to your house. All right, that'll work. Okay. So I get my fix that way with uh, with, uh, with with somebody else's or yours, you know. If you still have it. So, Mike, what you're really talking about was you, you realized over time that your mission was changing. Yes, that, that, I guess it was. And so, you know, you just plus I'm out here near, you know, there's guys, there's guys on the Sonics uh, website that are supposedly here building. And I've tried to contact people out here and I can't get hold of anybody. So I'm not even sure there's anybody building out here locally. So, uh, so I'm the only guy. I was the only. Well, at least they're not online. What's that? They're not online, which is probably yeah. the problem. Evidently, probably not. So, but, uh, yeah, you're right. So it's just basically my mission's just changed, and it was kind of. Well, you know, it and that 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 really ties to what I'm going through right now. Is my mission has changed? I've gotten very much smitten with soaring, and I feel bad that the Super B has been pushed back into the back of my hangar. It's in perfect condition. It's ready to go. Tan rest, ready right. to go. I'm thinking, <clears throat> I'm hoping that this winter will, that will be my off-season airplane. There you go. To, to go out and play with and just get my fix. And then, you know, come next uh, April or May, it's going to go back and become, you know, uh, uh, you know, in, into the back of the closet. Um because uh, my my focus is not on that. Well, and Gary, you, you essentially said yep. the same thing. You were building another airplane with a different mission, and uh, you were shifting your efforts and, and resources to that. Well, absolutely. You know, had Jeff, uh, had John just not said that I was going to come back to your, your words that you we've spoken to about so many times is trying to define your mission. We've spoken before that, you know, missions do change over time, like everything else. Um, right. You know, you, you kind of, it's really hard to part with an aircraft, I think. At least it wasn't me. I think, you know, yeah. so much time, energy, money, sweat, tears, blood, as we know, we bleed a lot when we build these things. Uh, you you kind of, you know, it's almost kind of tearful to watch it, you know, being taxed away from you. It's, you don't, it's not yours anymore. You don't have the keys to it, so to speak. Wow. Well. I have the last picture of it sitting in his hangar, you know, so it is kind of a bittersweet thing, you know. Uh, I was, I'll and you know, try. Mike, it hurt me a little bit when you sold that because, like, I I'm know. never going to fly this plane again. I know. I mean, you never, so you a little might, bit of me went with that. I told, yeah, well, especially some of your blood. <laughs> oh, no, I have my blood and your blood and Gary's That's blood right. and Jeff's blood is in that plane. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, you know, I told this guy, I said, man, you got to you got you to bring it to Camp Sonics, man. You got to get up there. And whenever they open this thing back up, I said, you'll be you'll be welcome with open arms. I said, you know, and I told him about how you both 
all you guys know the airplane, you know, and, and uh, that's our airplane, Mike. Yeah, we're gonna take possession of it. You say, <laughs> no, this isn't yours. You flew it here, but it's our airplane. <laughs> but you can't take it home. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I mean, we all like our airplane. Is, yeah, you know, they all have their individuality, their particular yep. quirks, uh, Very true. strengths, weaknesses. Um, you know, and why you got it, and while it's doing its thing, and it, it's it's just absolutely nirvana. We've spoken before. If there's any way that you can build yourself an airplane or buy your airplane or have your own airplane, there's for pilots and aviators, there's just nothing better than to be able to actually have your own aircraft that you can go out and pet anytime and, you know, spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on. Well, even if, even if you go to the hangar, don't fly it. Sometimes you just want to go down there and, and, uh, clean it and tinker Mm -hmm. around with it, you know, just to, just to know it's yours, you know. So I'm guilty. Right. Yeah, we're all guilty of that. I think. Maybe John. Yeah, mine. mine, mine, mine is in my garage, though. So. That's right. That's true. Yours is. Yeah, you walk out your house, your back. Mine, your house I bitch had it because it's taking up space from my glider. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it takes me about twelve minutes to get to the airport. That gives you time to mellow out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm 15 steps, so. Yeah, so I'm about almost a half an hour. But I bet in your hangar, you're tripping over everything for those entire 15 steps. That's why there's so much beer spilled on it. Yeah. Not my (laughs) Down that path (laughs) train. Gary, I'm curious. uh, You know, there's different ways to sell an airplane. Um, What do you think the, the common and most successful ways are? We talked barnstormers, but what else? Uh, you know, I probably still have to say that seems to be the gold standard. Um, you know, before it was trade-up brain when we were dealing with, with strictly print, you know, back in the early days, this may actually be before you, your guys' time, <laughs> but trade-up plane was the big publication and everybody would put it in there to try to sell things because you do need a wide audience, uh, you know. Right. We know a lot of pilots and a lot of planes, but gosh, you know, when we look statistically, we are an infinitesimally small population. And so you really got to get the word out there. And today, uh, as everyone knows, you know, it, it's it's Internet. Uh, it casts the widest net worldwide. And that's really, I, I think, really the way to go these days. Yeah. yeah. So specifically, uh, how do you use the Internet to get your plane in front of potential buyers? Well, just as we just said, barnstormers, I think, is probably the easiest, fastest, and cheapest means to do so at the moment. Uh, it's, I think it's a relatively economical charge that they have if you want to start adding pictures and, you know, to expand uh, the, the basic print add to it. Uh, it runs for a reasonable period of time at that price. And, you know, you can, you know, re-up it as you need to if it takes you more than a month or two. But in long term, or, or real costs... Uh, I, I don't know a better advertising menu. Uh, venue yeah, I don't know point. what the traffic through Barnstormers is, but I know a lot of people that they just go and they just shop it just to see what's on there and what's new. And you never know when one of those people oh, might bite at it. <clears throat> yeah. I, I could I could probably pull up the numbers, but I think after I had mine on the second time, I was looking at I was looking at uh, forty thousand hits on my ad, and I was looking at like. 5,000 hits on the pictures. 
So I'm just saying that that's a big, I mean, it was like 35 or 40,000 hits on the, on the general ad, you know, and then, uh, but with, and then maybe they just moved on or something, but, but, uh, so it was pretty amazing. I mean, I tried Facebook for a while. That was a joke. You get all these prank pe- people or all these, uh, scammers. And, um, I tried, uh, you know, I didn't even think about Craigslist. Yeah, like, that's that, kind of so. what I was thinking was, you know, there are other places that you can advertise it. You can put a Craigslist or an eBay you can go. ad. Craigslist, but, eBay. But the people that are shopping you know. Craigslist and eBay, they're looking for a deal. They want a, they want a deal to begin exactly. with, and then maybe exactly. they're going to want to negotiate you down even lower. And that's yeah. not really the type of buyer that you want. You want someone who knows what they're looking for and, and values what you're offering. Right. And Or, you know, and, and the other... The other option would be as if, as if you know, with like I started off within the group, you know, uh, and I actually had a, a, a few people that were interested that were in our group, so to speak, uh, the Sonics family. What's that? Did you? Yeah, on the, yeah, on the web, on the, on the, yeah, on the, yeah. Uh, the Sonics yeah, web so or you, whatever. If you go to the so forum, I had a few people do that. You... I went to the forum first. And then I just kind of like had a few interests there and then it kind of fizzled out. And then so I just moved on to the next, you know, I just threw it on Barnstormers because that was, I had sold another airplane like that too in, my, in the past. And so I, that's kind of what, you know, like, like Gary said, that's the widest, you know, everybody and anybody, you get people all over the world looking at that thing, you know. I so, think anecdotally, the people that are on SonicsBuilders.net really want to build something. Pr- pretty much. Whereas the barnstormers crowd, they want to buy some. They just want to buy something. Yeah, and you might have a you might have people on the Sonics forum that wants to buy find a project maybe you know or something partially done. But you're you're pretty much right here. I think they want to build. They want to finish something. Yeah, so I think it's it's important to work as many angles as you can. You never know when you know a friend of somebody who saw the ad on the forum is going to you know show interest. But focus your effort on where you're likely to get the most success. You know, an introductory post on Facebook to say, hey, here's what's going on. Maybe a post on the forum. Hey, if you know anybody, send them my way. But spend your time to write up a a halfway decent barnstormer ad. You know, give them the 50 bucks or whatever to add your pictures. And then, uh, you know, just use that to put it in front of the the audience that is actually going to buy it. Yeah. Maybe go into something I think you guys have already touched on a little bit. I don't know how in depth you want to go into this again. Uh, in our, our our intro comments between our, ourselves, Mike was talking about his builder's log and how we went back in there to try to uh, uh, bring it up to date, make it more encompassing, uh, more global uh, to help out the next guy. Do we want to talk a little bit about that process? With yeah, Mike? sure. Uh, Mike, before before sure. you answer, let me just remind everybody that in one of our previous episodes, okay. we talked about going back and cleaning up your records. So the project closeout phase is when you capture all those little details and make sure that your diagrams and systems are all dressed up and, and you get your books ready because you're going to need that as the owner operating that airplane. And you're going to want to have something halfway decent to turn over to a future owner so that they can maintain and fly the airplane properly. And so, Mike, go through your process on how you did exactly that. Wow. <clears throat> well, I just I actually brought mine home. And basically, you know, in the course, when I got my project, it was there was a ton of stuff. I mean, 
there was stuff I, there was so much stuff I couldn't even put in this thing because this guy had every scrap of paper from Sonics that, that you can get, you know? And, uh, but basically I, what I try to do is instead of, you know, I, I left some of the builder things in there and I left all the initial pages in there, of my initial paperwork and things like that. But then I tried to bring in every system that was on the, like all, I brought in all the paperwork for the radios and the transponder and the, the electrical system that that was the panel was done by not my not my previous owner but by another gentleman that did a professional panel for him uh so he had actually had a nice uh schematic of that uh he also made a, a nice uh, diagram of the electrical system and the only the only the only things we did different is what you helped me with jeff was some of the extra connections we added to it you know like the like the the cigarette lighter and uh, a couple of, you know, like the seat warmers and those kinds of things. But basically, so I was trying to bring all those things, all those systems. And I kind of like, uh, try to get them organized where I brought that into the back side of the book for each system. And that's, and I found, I found things on the, on the, on the electric flaps, uh, the actuator, uh, arms and the, and the, like the aero carb tuning, book that we say we're going to talk about again someday uh i've all those kinds of things about the motor i find i found i stumbled upon all those things and brought those things into my and i tried to incorporate as much as i could into that uh, blog i mean that was done that was done as actually before i even you know I, i'd been working on that you know so that takes that takes a lot of time yeah and yeah, just, I think it's yeah. good. Um, it, it's best to do that where you can enjoy it as the owner of your airplane uh, for however long you're going to own it. Right. But I think it's also important that if maybe there's a little bit of work that needs to be done uh, in advance of the sale, I think that's time well spent because it kind of leads into the next thing, which is what kind of liability do you carry on that airplane? You built it, your name's on it. Now you're selling it. Right. What, what liability do you have and how do you protect yourself? What do you think, Mike? You talked about a liability well, form. Well, I mean, you know, I just did that all, you know, basically. And of course, I, you know, I almost sold it to like two other guys uh, first. And one of them was a really, really, really uh, light sport, almost like had 20 hours of flying time and uh, like a, like a third year resident uh, doctor type guy. Real nice kid. I call him a kid because he was a young guy. Uh, but he was a really nice guy and he had the money to buy it. But I was very leery of selling it to him because I, I was not sure of his, of his flying abilities. Let's put it that way. And I, don't, and, and I was trying. There's, there again, that's how you partially protect yourself too. You have to feel comfortable of who's going to purchase your airplane. At least, at least semi-comfortable of of how this guy person handles around, you know, around how he is around it and maybe how he handles the airplane after a certain period of time. And then uh, another guy up in, uh, I had to fly to Carson city once and, and another guy drove down from, uh, Oregon and he was very light on like, didn't have his tail wheel endorsement and he was kind of out in the middle of nowhere and he was having a hard time getting it set up and stuff like that. So, he was kind of a, he was, would have been okay, but I was a, 
I was less leery about him. And then this jump, this, the guy I ended up selling it to, uh, was getting hit, was going like the next weekend, this past weekend, he went and got his tailwheel endorsement. And then he told me, he said, here's my plan. And he told me about it ahead of time. We were talking on the phone and things. He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to get in this thing. I'm going to taxi it around for a week or so. And I'm going to get used to the, the, the ground handling. And we did a little bit of that when I was with him. So, you know, I, I, so I felt, I think between that and the, and the, and the, the form from the EAA and me knowing I have liability, personal liability for a year, I felt as about as comfortable as you can get. I mean, you can't, there's no surefire hundred percent thing, but uh, that's just about as I got, I felt like I got about as far as I can go with, with uh, how good I was going to feel about the whole thing. So. Okay, Gary, what do you think? <clears throat> well, you know, I'm sure some lawyer somewhere will think we're infinitely responsible. Uh, I, I think sure. the biggest the biggest hurdle is with the very first person you sell it to. I, I kind of feel somewhat more, even more relaxed knowing that the aircraft has changed hands yet once again. You know, I, I don't know what legal backing that is, but at least I know it's it's several hands down the line since I was in charge of the maintenance and building of it. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it gives me a little bit, I think, of extra insulation to it. But I, I don't know what happened to it in the last last two hours. I mean, sure. Who knows what was done. Uh, but, yeah, it's always in the back of your mind, I think, initially for that first selling. And, Mike, I think it was an excellent idea that, that you did that. The guy that I sold it to uh, had some time, not a, a phenomenal amount of time, but – what was nice is that he he kind of listened to what I was telling him. I think he fully understood what I thought the limitations of the aircraft were at this density altitude. Right. Uh, been a little time and, and effort going down to see John and you guys and doing a little bit of transition training. And I think the kind of guy that the potential buyer that's willing to go the, the extra steps and put in a little bit of extra effort rather than just being able to write a check uh, bodes well for all of us. I agree. I agree. And this, this guy also uh, has a brother that's been through A&P school, but he's not have didn't, didn't take the test yet. And he's kind of a, he's kind of a motorhead anyhow. So him and I actually probably talk more about the airplane as far as the, because he was going to be the one that was going to pretty much take care of it, you know? Uh, so he was very, uh, we went through whatever he, I said, whatever you guys want to do, you want to, uh, I mean, I'm here for the day and we'll just look at whatever you want to look. I'll talk to you what I, and then I was talking to the, my, the buyer more about the flying side of it and, uh, you know, like the pre-flight areas and things like that. So the pip on all those kinds of things. But uh, so between the two of them, I think I, I feel real comfortable about, and they have another airplane also. They have a uh, not a tailwheel airplane, but they have another aircraft that they uh, that they fly together. So they're they're a good pair, I think, for 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 taking care of the airplane. I think so. Yeah. So maybe just to summarize. Well, I do know. Well, um, I just I, I know that a couple of my airpark uh, neighbors who have experimental aircraft will they're at a at a position that said that the liability of selling the aircraft is not worth it 
And so if they don't want to, um, if they're not going to fly it anymore, they're going to destroy the aircraft, either with a chainsaw or something, and then, and then part it out. So there's that whole other uh, spectrum of right. how you deal with this. I don't agree with it because I don't think the liability is that tight. But um, Mike can, I, didn't, I haven't looked at the, uh, the form that Mike signed, but I think it basically is the only the only time i've heard that a uh an accident has come back to the builder was the um the john denver crash right where the guy right. had put he had re- relocated the standard the fuel, position like the fuel of the, valve uh, or something. the fuel valve right. and that came back to him and i don't think it was adjudicated against him but it was uh, it was nasty and so that that kind of put a shock through the whole EAA thing, right? And that's probably what started that form. I'm sure that's what what generated that form that they came yeah, up with. It was a pretty extensive because, form. Uh, yeah, when you get the guy's wife to sign it, that's pretty extensive. Well, that was the key: is you got to get someone who's going to be a survivor to sign yeah. it. Yeah, to say I am releasing your liability because the guy who's signing it, he's going to be in the plane. Exactly. And uh, it doesn't matter anymore. And, you know, and when, the, of course, the, the airplanes that I'm going to buy, there's more guys in that situation because it's such a high performance thing. And so they're very leery of selling it to somebody that just has the money because they're they're worried about, really worried about somebody going up and rolling it up and uh, <clears throat> augering it in somewhere because... It is a little bit of a squirrel, you know, uh, and, and it's a hot lot of extra speed on top of it. So, uh, well, Mike, a man of your means with, you know, your huge <laughs> salary and lots of assets, <laughs> you got a brand new RV. I know I, I've heard you had a brand new RV No, that, no. uh, that's going to be, a an issue. I wish that would be my dream airplane, but that's not, that's not, that's no, not no. The, uh, the, the one that drives on the ground oh, and you that sleep RV. in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that that is kind of nice. That's kind of nice. That's my that's my quarantine boat. <laughs> After my trips. Anyhow. All right. I guess we pretty much covered this topic. Unless Mr. Jeff has something to wrap it up with. Yes. Yeah. Any other anything else you want, Jeff? Well, let me think just for a sec here. Um, Jeff, we're at an hour. Let's go. Yeah, I think that wraps it up. (laughs) (laughs) I I think what I'll do is, and Robbie's probably going to listen to this, but I'll probably try to, I'm going to come up with some kind of story. I took some pictures along the way, and hopefully he'll accept them. I'm not sure how that works. But but basically, I'm going to try to come up with a, the story, a, more of a detailed story of the whole thing, and then maybe throw some pictures of uh, en route pictures and where I stopped and things on the way, just just to put in the like the maybe the uh, the quarterly newsletter. Yeah, Robbie has a, is a great editor. He can definitely help you know clean up little things here and there, and he is yeah. not going to talk right. you out of sending him material. He's going to like rub his hands together greedily. He wants, he wants it. it. There we go. Good. Well, you know, I guess I'll have something for him. So I'm going to come up with something. So. Uh, for the next one at least that we can 
you know, because guys are going to be in that situation eventually. And then probably somebody, especially, uh, and, and they'll, there'll be a lot more to come, you know, people just get to that point and they, they want to sell. So. Okay. Well, um, I guess maybe we'll just do some final thoughts here. So, uh, John, how about, how about you kick us off final thoughts? What do you think? Well, you know, my final thought is it's been in the back of my mind to let my Sonics go. I probably will keep it for another year. At least, um, it's got a mission it's tanned, rusted, and ready. It's in the back of the hangar. It's clean, and it's ready to go. And uh, who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, your, your, mission focus, your mission focus changes. And so I'm, I'm struggling with that. Plus, I'm reaching the point where, you know, my retirement project might be something new. I'm really liking a high-wing tundra kind of plane yeah. kind of like what gary has but it has to be have a the smart wheel has to be in the back on the front so and, who knows? And a little faster and a little faster i don't <laughs> care about the speed i just need to be able to to plop it in right oh i can plop john don't worry about oh that. no you can plop <clears throat> gary i can plop I, big I, time i plopped with you and that plopping is wonderful we did a wheelie all the way down Oshkosh for like a half a mile. Yeah. Because <laughs> you wanted to save that big old front tire from getting rubbed out. That's right. That's right. So it could be done. Well, you got to keep it out of the mud. Got to keep it out of the mud. Right. No, I like Gary's plane. It's sort of the ugliest plane I've ever loved. <laughs> Just like me. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. All right, Gary, give us some final thoughts here. Yeah, you know, the only constant thing in the universe is change. Uh, nothing stays the same forever, no matter what you talk about, what venue. Um, things will change. The mission changes. You know, and unfortunately, too, sometimes, you know, uh, our, our pilot population is, is aging uh, quite aggressively, it seems like, these days. And you may just get to the point where you're, you just have to time out uh, and realize that, you know, that perhaps flying is not something that you can safely do anymore um, or even be able to physically get into the aircraft. Uh, you know, the low wing Sonics, it's, it's not particularly high, but it's still a pretty good stretch. You know, as you start getting up there into the 80s, perhaps even older, uh, it might be difficult to make that stretch. And so you're right. I think no matter you know how long you've had the aircraft or what you're what you want to do with it or what your ideal mission is, you may just come to the point where you just have to time yourself out, and that gets to be inevitable for all of us, unfortunately. And so you know, enjoy it while you can. That's that's the best thing. You know, fly the fool out of these planes. Use it every time you get a chance to. You know, by the time you build it, what we said before, the fuel is the cheap part. Uh, and so just get out there and enjoy it as best you can. You know, I can tell you from experience in my job field that you never know what's going to happen to you the next day. Yeah, that's a very that's true a good point. I mean, don't put off the good stuff. Do it as soon as you can. Uh, you never know what will happen tomorrow. And, and I think the point about, you know, acknowledging that the mission changes, don't be afraid of that. Uh, go into it knowing that you're going to have that airplane, whatever airplane. Sonics is just one, perhaps, of many that you're going to own. But that's just a, a period that you're going to go through. 
uh, seasons come and they go. Don't be afraid of the transition. Embrace it. Enjoy it while you can. And then uh, don't be afraid to look to what's next. All right, Mike, you're up. I'm up. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll second what Gary says about how, you know, life's full of changes. And, uh, you know, I love that airplane. It was a lot of fun. I mean, even giving this guy a ride, I mean, him and I were probably, you know, more near what your gross weight was, is, uh, Jeff. And we were climbing almost a thousand foot a minute when I'm giving him a ride. And I'm like, this is a lot. This is a really fun airplane down low level. I mean, it's with, especially with our engines on them, the Jabberos. And uh, so, but, you know, it's, it's uh, that in itself is, is fun thing. But then, you know, you, if people start looking for other things and other missions. And, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And I've had it for, you know, five years. And you guys have helped me with a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in there, too. So, uh it's, and I'll always be a Sonics brother, kind of like Gary, but uh, you know, but it's time to to move on to something else. Yeah, Mike, uh, I I think that's good. So that's a good way to kind of wrap up the uh, the ownership experience, and you'll have some pride knowing that it's going to someone who's going to enjoy it and continue to fly it, and you'll be able to keep tabs on it. Who knows? Yes. Uh, you know, maybe it'll change hands again, and you'll you'll reconnect with it down the road. You never know. And anybody out east is probably going to see it. So uh, any, any of the guys out in the east coast, I mean, you know, he's close to the, not that far away from the east coast for all those fly-ins they have out there and the triple tree and those kinds of places uh, in the Carolinas there. So you just never know. All right. So um, I guess my final thoughts are uh, if, if you're going to do something, uh, you want to have a plan. You don't want to go into it without – uh, understanding the factors that are at play, uh, you're going to want to think through the different the different considerations. And one of the best ways to do that is to get expert advice. And so I'm going to recommend that you call our buddy Mike and get expert advice oh. when you want to sell your Aerosonics. Because he, he's got it. He's the man now. I'm the current man. That's right. <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy to answer whatever question anybody has if I, if I know how to answer it. So. <laughs> All right, that's a little tongue in cheek, but um, yeah, I'm sure you would. Mike. There you go. No, that's yeah, fairly. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's close this episode out with the normal ending remarks. So I think probably our next episode coming up, we've got a couple that are that are in the queue. We need to do that advanced aero V. Uh, I'm sorry, we need to do the advanced aero injector topic, which is all that tuning tips and and all the things that we've kind of learned in the past few years about how to make the Aero V work really well. So we'll do that. It's not specifically tuning, it's everything. Fuel system, tuning, all of it. So we got to do that. And then uh, we have the what engine should I put in my Sonics topic, which may be our next one or certainly will be up there in the in uh, in the one of the next two that come up. So we'll be looking forward to get those done here shortly. You can find us on the web at sonicsflight.com. You can find the show notes for this episode at sonicsflight.com slash 76. And from the website, you can subscribe. You can download the episodes, listen to them on your smartphone. You can uh, find us in all your normal podcast apps, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. 
And then, of course, if you need to send us an email, you can find our email link on the website or you can send it directly to feedback at sonicsflight.com. And if you're looking to get a hold of Mike, uh, you know, send it to feedback <laughs> and uh, we'll forward it because we got him on speed dial. So he's your guy. Oh, no. Okay. Anytime. And uh, I have to note that um, his consultation rates are extremely affordable. No. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if they're like Gary, especially if there's some beer involved. I'm I'm very accommodating. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad my reputation is being spread around. It really is. It really is. Hey, we work on an alternate economy over here. That's right. Barter, barter system. That's that's right. right. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, get out there, enjoy the fall weather. Um, it's boy, it's not going to be very long before we're looking at the snow and wondering where the summer and the fall went. So take advantage of it while you can, and uh, maybe when we get out the other side of the the cold weather, maybe we're actually going to be ready to get back back together again. Wouldn't that be something interesting? That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, John, I'm going to be watching Facebook. I expect to see a diamond here. Uh, not this season because that's yeah. over. Yeah, you know you say but, that, uh, but I don't think I believe year. you. I think you're secretly plotting and planning. I guess I could take a really high toe. Actually, the winter is in Colorado is when the wave uh, kicks in. Um, my glider club uh, actually had Neil Armstrong come out, you know, back in the '60s. And do his diamond altitude here um, in the winter, like in February or January. But, uh, you know, it requires pretty, you know, tough. uh, You have to have a positive oxygen system and you have to have uh, some mobile gear and all that kind of stuff to get up and go up to that altitude in, in the winter. Well, just keep us informed. We'll be watching. Yeah. Yeah, well, if I do that, it will be on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. he bra- he brags a lot. Neil <laughs> you know. right, Armstrong right. did quite a bit. We'll, he was we'll big see on you Facebook. <laughs> he was. Okay. All right, guys, take it easy. We'll talk to you again soon. All, All right, thanks a lot. The views and opinions expressed on the Sonic Slack podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of any individual, company, or organization mentioned on this program. Nothing presented on this podcast should be construed to be the official position or recommendation of anyone not directly associated with Sonic's Flight. Anything that sounds like advice should be carefully considered before being implemented. Remember, you are the pilot in command.